Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where all we do is talk shift. And that is because when it's time to level up, get unstuck, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of effective shift in our lives, that process must begin with a shift in our thinking. That is the antidote to being stuck. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that every man and woman comes face to face with at some point in their lives. And, well, it's it's an issue that can drive us kind of crazy and even send some people into the depths of despair. We either come to terms with it and accept it or, or we find ways to manage it and not let it make us feel like our best days are all behind us. So, what is this mystery manipulator of our lives? And you may have already guessed it. It's our hormones. So just a quick note to all of you guys out there who may be listening, do not bail on me as soon as you hear the word gynecologist, because that's not the focus of today's topic. We'll be talking specifically about hormones, which applies to you every bit as much as it applies to women. So stay with us, and I promise you'll be glad you did. Now, let me tell you about my guest today, Dr. Edward Jacobson. Dr. Jacobson is a board-certified gynecologist, there's that word, stay with me, who has been in private practice for over 30 years in Manhattan and Greenwich, Connecticut. He trained at the New York Hospital Cornell University Medical Center. He's a fellow of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, a member of the Bioidentical Hormone Society, the International Hormone Society, and the Bioidentical Hormone Initiative. Dr. Jacobson is accredited by WorldLink Medical, one of the most prestigious international certifying organizations for expertise in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. He is an expert in the use and management of natural hormone supplementation for symptom relief and long-term preventive preventative health care for both men and women. Dr. Jacobson has appeared in numerous television and radio shows and has been interviewed by New York Times, the London Times, and Fox News. And now we're talking shift. So as you might imagine, Dr. J, as I affectionately refer to him, he is, he is a very sought-after expert. He's a busy guy, which is why it's taken me literally months to finally get him on here. Who? That was a mouthful. Dr. Jacobson, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Good morning, Lori. How are you? <clears throat> glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. Wow. I mean, that was a. I, I was really hoping I wasn't going to get tongue twisted over all of those all of those words. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of them. I I had to skip over a few, everyone, because there are so many um, accreditations and credentials that we would be on here for a long time listing them all. Um, because Dr. Jacobson is just that amazing. <laughs> so, I just wanted to share that. And it's, what, taken me, what, five months to, to get you on here? Well, it's, uh, part of it has been health reasons, but uh, I'm glad to be here and uh, to be able to share some information with your, with your audience today. Yeah, this is important stuff. Um, and you guys, the the way I met Dr. Jacobson was I was, I was living in Connecticut, my husband and I, uh, very briefly last summer. 
And I had asked my hairstylist for a referral. And uh, she sent me, um, she said, let me see what I can come up with and ask some of my uh, clients. And then she sent me um, your name and number, Dr. Jacobson. So I, I went to your website. I, I investigated and read up on on you and what you do. And, that, and then I saw uh, this wonderful interview that you did with the lovely Ms. Suzanne Summers, who, who like never seems to age. Um, and I know she's been promoting the benefits of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for what a couple of decades now so so I had a very good feeling about you right from the start can I ask how was it talking with the gorgeous Suzanne Summers well I've known Suzanne for quite some time and uh, I must say she probably single-handedly promoted the uh, use of bioidentical hormones Uh, she did a lot of upstream swimming against the uh, medical community, especially when she developed breast cancer and insisted upon taking estrogen replacement therapy, uh, which was almost heresy at the time. But uh, her, her diligence and her persistence in working, <clears throat> working with doctors like myself and people who are willing to think outside the box paid off. And I think there is there's now really, to use a term, paradigm shift, where people are starting to understand the benefits of natural hormone replacement therapy. So I give her a lot of credit for convincing the medical community uh, Mm -hmm. to this end. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what she's done. I mean, I had never... I had never heard about any of those things um, back when she started talking about it and promoting and and writing books about it. And so, yeah, my hat is off to her because that's really how it came onto my radar screen was just through hearing her talk about the subject. So, I mean, why why was HRT uh, so stigmatized in the past um, what's the, what changed, you know, what did she do or, and others, what did she bring to light that it started making it become more widely accepted? And let's talk about that. And then the difference of what was used to being done and, and is currently being done more. Well, first of all, we have to make the distinction between synthetic hormone replacement therapy and natural hormone replacement therapy. And back in the 1950s and 60s, <clears throat> Uh, Big Pharma pretty much controlled uh, all hormone replacement, probably heard the terms Premarin and Provera, which were used, which were synthetic forms of uh, hormone replacement and accepted by the FDA and the medical community. And yet there were a small number of doctors who thought this was not appropriate, that there were more natural ways. And by developing bioidentical hormones, which means developing hormones that the body sees as self, primarily from plant sources, uh, were more appropriate to use. In time, it was determined that uh, the body sees these bioidentical hormones as self, which means it can use them uh, uh, in a really in a very uh, appropriate way in the sense that you will... um, it will not be inflammatory. The body can detoxify it and remove it and get maximal benefit. That's not the case with synthetic hormones. Uh, okay. Synthetic hormones mimic the effect of bioidenticals and uh, actually have an inflammatory component to it, which makes them, in my opinion, uh, inappropriate. 
Mm-hmm. So as long as we're talking about that inappropriate, like, can you give an, an example? I was reading in um, in the book that you gave me um, that bioidentical hormone replacement therapy book by Neil um, Rousier. And uh, it was talking a lot about um, uh, Premarin and and the use of that and where that is from and then and progesterone. Uh, do you want to speak for a moment on that? Because those he's talking about the the dangers of the synthetic, correct? Sure. Well, Premarin Premarin is basically a conglomeration of estrogen that comes from mare's urine. There are about seven or eight different types of uh, hormones that are appropriate for horses. So I guess if a horse were taking it, it would be bioidentical, but we're not horses. Right. So, <clears throat> so uh, and some of these are very, very strong, uh, strong hormones that provoke inflammation. Inflammation really has a major negative effect on all aspects of our body. And it's associated with, with heart disease, with certain types of cancers, metabolic disease, diabetes, and so why add more inflammation? Right. Uh, despite that, despite that, Premarin has been used universally and can act as an excellent source of replacement in terms of how the body feels, flushes, night sweats, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, are well taken care of. But in terms of protection against heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, and uh, so forth, it's not there. However, uh, the real the real problem here is is with the second hormone called Provera or medroxyprogesterone. Okay. That is a progesterone component which is totally synthetic, and that has been implicated as a cause for heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why so many um, women now are afraid or fear taking those because if their doctor is, you know, suggesting it, if they say I have these symptoms and the doctor suggests this and it's not a bioidentical um, or even, even if it were, if they don't really understand the difference, there's just so much fear around it. I might get cancer. I might get, yeah, I have a heart attack. I might have, you know, X, Y, or Z. So they choose to do nothing. Is that a fair statement? That's an unfortunately fair statement. <clears throat> a lot of that derives from the Women's Health Initiative study of around 2002, uh, which was just an observational study. It was a very poor study. It was a politicized study, um, which gave a lot of physicians and patients tremendous fear because it implied that their risk for heart disease, stroke, and breast cancer, and Alzheimer's disease uh, were actually increased by taking uh, hormone replacement therapy using synthetic hormones. So mm. that is um, none of that is true, by the way, especially using uh, bioidentical estrogen and, and progesterone. I might add that nowadays, most doctors who just do a general prescription of estrogen and progesterone for their patients for flushes and night sweats and menopausal symptoms do use bioidentical cream and bioidentical progesterone. And um, although they follow FDA guidelines, which uh, recommend taking uh, the lowest dose for the shortest period of time, not to exceed five years, mm-hmm. uh, which is when our conversation continues, understand why that is uh, inappropriate. Okay. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that in a little bit. What, uh, so is it primarily women or men who are seeking out 
um, hormone therapy or just, you know, relief for what symptoms that they may be experiencing that they are attributing to their hormone levels? Well, as a gynecologist, that's an unfair question because I see a biased population. Mm-hmm. And, and, my, and in my experience, <laughs> my practice, uh, women come in, derive almost immediate benefits within two to three months, uh, aside from just uh, the typical menopausal symptoms. And the partners or husbands turn around and say, I want what she's got. And that's how I see a lot of men in my practice. Ah, yeah. So the, so, so the, uh, the wives or their partners come home and all of a sudden after uh, a short pre- period of time of being on, on HRT, they are turning things around. Their symptoms are gone. They're probably what, feeling more, for, um, more, more vital, uh, more resilient, just more healthy. And then their husbands are like, hey, what's, what's this magic stuff you're taking, and can I get some? Is that what? Exactly, <laughs> and then they come exactly. in to see? Okay. Yeah, right. it's, they're a little, it's a little awkward when they come in to see a gynecologist and uh, tell them they don't need to have an examination, and it's yeah. fine, we just deal with men. <laughs> yeah. So they, get, they, get, they get over it very, very quickly. It's not a problem. Yeah. Well, and it's one of the reasons that I wanted to stress, like I did at the top of the show with guys, if you're, if you're listening, don't tune this out because there's going to be stuff here for you too, number one, and you know, you're going to want to hear it. And then number two, um, if you are a man that's living with a woman, um, it's really good for you also to just understand um, if she's going through any of these things, for you to understand what's going on, why it's going on, so that you are, um, y- you know, an, an empathetic partner, number one, and you can be helpful. Because sometimes I think some of these things start to come on and uh, you may not understand what's happening in your body, especially when it's, you know, gradual. You may not understand that there are symptoms happening that aren't as obvious to you, but maybe more obvious to your partner as they're observing you going through some changes. So guys, you know, pay attention to what's happening with your ladies because you might be able to actually help them. Um, so that's one of the reasons that, you know, I wanted to, that's the second reason I should say, I wanted to make sure that if there are, if there's guys listening, um, who, you know, have, uh, women that are important to them in their lives that they're living with, they can be helpful and not just confused. So, so moving exactly. on. Yeah. All right. So w- when we're talking about hormones, are we talking about a handful of specific hormones? Can we, can we name them so that everybody knows really what we're going to be talking about as we move forward? Sure. The, the major hormones that we deal with for women are estrogen and progesterone, <clears throat> testosterone, a hormone called DHEA, thyroid hormone, and vitamin D, which actually is a hormone. For men, obviously, the progesterone and the estrogen don't apply, but the others do. Okay. Those are the major hormones that we deal with. Oh, okay. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about women, and then we're going to move into men. So generally, when we think of hormone therapy, I mean, I think our minds immediately 
go to, you know, older women and menopause. Um, but what I'm wondering is what about, what about younger women, like maybe even women in their thirties or, um, you know, women that have are younger in their twenties and thirties and are still having children or have had children. Are there, are there particular symptoms that some younger women could experience and, and it could be related to a hormone imbalance, um, but because they're younger, they're overlooking them and maybe they're attributing those symptoms to other things, you know, like, like stress or, or lack of sleep. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, basically, is there an, is there an age, like you don't have to worry about hormone stuff until you're like in your, in your fifties. Is that, is that true? Or, or are some of these other scenarios for younger women, you know, a possibility that they need to be checking into their hormone levels sooner than they think. Yeah, there are a couple of situations where that applies, Laurie. Uh, one is something called polycystic ovarian disease, which mm-hmm. is actually an, an, uh, an insulin resistance or pre-diabetic condition. But in so many of these patients, uh, they have to deal with androgen effects, that's male effects, um, oily skin, acne, hair growth, irregular menstrual periods that require hormone replacement or modification, especially thyroid hormone and progesterone. Uh, there are situations where you have the, um, the runner, the marathon runner, who has low percentage body fat. She has no menstrual periods. <clears throat> and that person uh, ends up having increasing uh, opportunity to have osteoporosis. I have numerous patients in their 20s who have osteoporosis because of this, maybe from bulimia, eating disorders, and so forth, that definitely require hormone replacement therapy. And that does not mean birth control pills. It means hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the woman who enters premenopause or perimenopause at an early age. The average age of menopause is 51 in this country. Uh, many women transition from their late 40s into their early 50s. It's a bell-shaped curve. But there is a certain subset of women in their 30s, late 30s, and early 40s, uh, which do require estrogen replacement therapy because estrogen is highly protective against heart disease and stroke. And once you lose that protection through cessation of production, the risks start to increase three or four years after cessation of menstrual periods. Hmm. Okay. So what are some of the earliest signs of decreased hormone production to watch for, especially for some of those younger cases, like you say, that may not be experiencing the same symptoms as, you know, maybe a 50-year-old woman? Well, typically there's a a menstrual disorder, whether it's uh, frequent menstrual periods, prolonged periods, or skipping of menstrual periods uh, that that usually are tip-off to a problem which may be related to nutritional deficiencies uh, and definitely has an impact. Uh, There's a genetic component to it as well. Uh, Sometimes your sleep disorder is an issue. Mood changes can be part of the picture as well. Okay. So what do we want to make sure that women know is the the goal of HRT. Um, and I guess probably this is different for everyone, depending on their situation their and their physical condition and, and what's up with them. But is it, is it simply to alleviate symptoms? Um, so, you know, maybe you're having hot flashes and night sweats and you just want to get rid of them. Uh, would it be to, you know, 
turn back the hands of, of time um, in it, you know, by adjusting those levels uh, back to what they were before you were experiencing um, uncomfortable symptoms, what would be the main goal or goals? Well, there are two aspects to that, to that question, or two, uh, two answers. One okay. is symptom, symptom relief. And that's what the vast majority of women in this country seek when they go for hormone replacement therapy. Symptom relief being flushes, flashes, sleep disturbance, which is a major problem, uh, mood changes, uh, changes in the skin, wrinkle formation, sometimes some hair loss, uh, loss of libido, vaginal dryness, fatigue. Uh, and that can, a lot of these can be easily remedied by a simple approach just with some estrogen and progesterone. Hopefully it'll be bioidentical. But the other aspect is a much more involved approach, and that is, and you're referring to anti-aging, which I put in quotation marks, because hormone replacement is only a, one aspect to the aging process. And hormones peaked uh, in production at around uh, when we we're in our 20s, and it's a downhill uh, roll from that point on, mm -hmm. sometimes faster for some people than for others. And one wants to utilize hormones, <clears throat> excuse me, to increase, um, to, uh, back, excuse me, back off your risk for heart disease and stroke, which can be as much as 40 to 50%. That's the biggest killer of women in the United States. Uh, really? Alzheimer's disease, absolutely. Alzheimer's disease, colon cancer, certainly osteoporosis. There's no effect on breast cancer when properly applied. And, um, and uh, macular degeneration, the list goes on and on. There's very uh -huh. little downside to estrogen replacement therapy. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the one that, I mean, th those are all uh, things that are scary in, in their own way and nobody wants to have to deal with. But I know for me, like I think about the one that seems to be the, the most mysterious and scariest one of all is the Alzheimer's. I've, it, so Absolutely. many, yeah. It's so it's not, it's not only Alzheimer's, <clears throat> But it's also cerebral dementia, uh, excuse me, vascular dementia, which can appear as Alzheimer's. And mm. both of those have been shown in numerous studies that if estrogen intervention <clears throat> is, uh, is accomplished within two to three years of menopause, it's highly, highly effective in preventing that from happening. Uh, once you get beyond five or six years, the benefits decrease, although the cardiovascular benefits are there. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, so can a person come in, you know, let's say a, a, a woman comes in and, and she's um, like in her mid to late 50s. Could, could you actually say, you know, um, I would really like to feel like I did when I was 27? <laughs> can, so can you give me a, a prescription and a concoction of, of you know, this, this wonderful blend of hormones and, and will they actually make me feel like I did again in my 20s? Is that, is that like really too much of a fantasy or how close to uh, those kind of levels can you get? Uh, that's snake oil, Lori. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> How, however, however, people will feel better. You get well rested. <clears throat> if you're taking some testosterone therapy, uh, you're going to increase your muscle mass. You're going to decrease some weight around the waist and you're going to have a good, better sense of well-being. So yeah, you're going to feel better, but 
You ain't going to be in your 20s. It's not going to happen. <laughs> 30? 35? <laughs> okay. And right. then you're negotiating with me. I, I, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt to just try. It doesn't hurt to throw it out there. Yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know what the boundaries are. Um, Actually, okay. people, people, do feel, people do feel better. They do look better. Um, and I can tell you an anecdotal story. When I was a medical intern, I was, intru- I was shown two patients in the intensive care unit of a hospital. They were both, uh, both in their 70s. They both had heart attacks, and I was asked to guess the age of these people. One I gathered, I got it right at 70, and the other one was, I said, 52 or 53, and she was also in her 70s. So, well, yeah, it does have a remarkable effect on how you look. Yeah, that's amazing. And I imagine, um, you know, the the current, when a person comes in to see you or their doctor uh, about HRT, I would imagine how how big of a difference they ultimately can feel also depends on their current state of health. So if it's somebody that's been taking really good care of themselves, they have a very healthy lifestyle, and then they they start HRT, um, they probably can maybe bounce, sort of bounce back or turn back the hands of time a little bit more um, obviously or quickly than somebody that comes in um, at the same age but has not taken care of themselves and they, they're not in the best of health and they have some issues going on. I suppose it's obviously going to be maybe less of an extreme difference and less quickly. You know, you're, you're right. The better, the healthier person is, the, the more the nuance of feeling better. And, mm-hmm. the con- and the converse is true as well. Although I will say people who come in who are in good shape and they ingest joy testosterone therapy feel definitely much better when they go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So, um, people who are not in good shape and make an all-out effort, not only taking hormones, but changing their lifestyle, meditating, uh, changing how they eat, really will see a significant improvement as to be expected. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So what are the biggest probably misconceptions or fears um, and concerns that, that most women have about hormone replacement therapy? Well, far and away, it's a fear of breast cancer. <clears throat> uh, it was interesting that before the, um, the Women's Health Initiative came out, many doctors we're administering estrogen replacement therapy, even for breast cancer patients, uh, and doing very, very well. I'm not seeing any, any recurrence. So the W uh, Women's Health Initiative really threw a monkey wrench in this, and everybody got terribly scared, including physicians, including myself, because we didn't have any other contradictory uh, studies out there at the time. Mm-hmm. So breast cancer is a big fear. There have been numerous worldwide uh, randomized controlled studies that confirm the fact that at least with bioidentical estrogen, there is no increase in breast cancer incidence. And mm-hmm. in fact, uh, in my practice, I have about uh, a couple dozen breast cancer survivors, more than five years, are on full hormone replacement therapy. So that, that is the big one. The other one is blood clot formation and um, pulmonary embolus. Uh, and that is also uh, the chances for that are extremely small. And again, okay. when you think about what happens in the normal aging process, one, people come in to see me because they want to be proactive. They want to take control of their health and not have to deal with 
hypertension, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, high cholesterol, and so forth. Right. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's interesting how even even now, right now, um, naturopaths are still very um, very leery of really doing a an aggressive protocol with bioidentical. Um, Hormones. Uh, even uh, I was talking to a, a family member and a relative uh, a couple of months ago um, who was seeing a naturopath, and she was saying, "You know, I just can't seem to get rid of this little bit of weight around my midsection." And you know, she's always been very fit, and you know, just having some of the usual symptoms that a woman of her age would have. And even her naturopath um, was leery about doing too much, um, too much because of this fear of cancer. She said, well, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to be moving in that direction. And, and uh, there's always the, the chance of breast cancer. And I, I said, let me send you a book. Uh, and l- let's just get you a little more information um, before you don't do something that could be really, really beneficial for you. So it's just interesting to me how even now, even naturopaths, some of them are still not as in the know as you would hope they would be. Lori, I got to tell you, even in my own medical community with my medical colleagues, and you may not believe that many gynecologists have their patients steer away from hormone replacement therapy. They just don't understand. They're not aware of the current literature, and, and they, I think, do a disservice to their patients by expressing their prejudices or biases uh, against hormone replacement therapy. So it's like an uphill fight in many instances. So don't limit it to naturopaths. Mm-hmm. You have internists, gynecologists, and other uh, and cardiologists, uh, and certainly endocrinologists uh, mm-hmm. don't are just not aware of the advantages. Wow. So um, I've got two more questions before we move on to the guys. Uh, so let's just. reiterate quickly, what are some of the main benefits that most women could expect if they choose to go on to um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy? Um, I mean, I know there's the obvious ones. Like if you, you know, for somebody it's in their 50s and we're not talking about any uh, very specific or unusual medical conditions, but just the average woman who's moving into, you know, 40s, 50s, and maybe starting to experience um, very obviously some of the, the drop-in levels. What what are some of the main benefits that they could expect? Well, from a symptomatic standpoint, uh, the elimination of sleep disturbance is very, very big. Yeah. Uh, elimination of flushes and night sweats, uh, certainly. Uh there's probably a slight increase in libido. Vaginal dryness uh, is a major issue, uh, which can be which can be addressed. Uh, wrinkles, skin changes, uh, and loss of hair. Uh, okay. Also, one has a sense of well-being and uh, moodiness and depression. It can really be alleviated uh, by just on estrogen replacement alone. When I say estrogen replacement. I'm saying estrogen and progesterone. Okay. When you expand this out to testosterone then libido, which tends to drop off very quickly from a woman in her late 20s, comes back and adds to a uh, greater sense of sexuality, although that is a very complex issue, as you know. Sure. Uh, there's increase in muscle mass. There's a, somewhere between 8 to, 8 to 10% loss of muscle mass every decade from the 20s on out. And that huh. translates out to decreased strength. Your endurance goes down. Fatigue goes up. And... Uh, 
later on in life that can lead to weakness and falls and, and fracture. Sure. Um, then, and then, of course, uh, and DHEA plays a role in this. Uh, thyroid hormone, many women are actually have underactive thyroid. Uh, mm-hmm. They feel fatigued, they have brain fog, focusing problems. Their medical doctors, endocrinologists say that they are in the normal range when indeed they are deficient uh, and require uh, thyroid replacement therapy. And all, and all of these hormones interact with each other. So it's sort of like a symphony. They yeah. have to work together to make, to make this work well. So there's a lot of things that, uh, that are beneficial by going on uh, overall thyroid uh, hormone replacement therapy. Okay. And I think what you said there, I want to touch on before we move on to the guys. Um, when the physician says you're normal for your age, because, right, it's like, yeah, but if I'm, um, you know, if, if I'm a woman that's uh, in my 50s or 60s, I don't really want to be normal for my age. I want to be like as youthful I want to be normal for 20s, 30s, 40s. I want to be normal for some time, you know, as far back as I can go. I don't want to be normal for my age. That kind of doesn't really help me, right? Absolutely. This touches on the concept of optimization. Okay. When you when you measure hormone levels from 20s on out, they all tend to go down. And that's where you get the concept, you're normal for your age. But do you want to be that way? No. You probably would be much better off having these levels back to when you were in your 20s because it doesn't make you go back to your 20s. Right. You get a much better response and protection. And a lot of the studies that are out there are around this concept of maximization of your hormone levels. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, uh, commitment on the part of the patient to say, yeah, I want to do this. I want to be followed. You can't just say, here's a pill. I'll see you in a year. You, sure. you have to be checked fairly frequently to maintain this level. But the benefits are phenomenal. Right, right. But it is definitely a, an ongoing, like you said, it's an ongoing thing that you have to monitor um, frequently. You you can't just say, yeah, here's your prescriptions. I'll see you in a year because, well, you know, our bodies are constantly changing. And especially as we age, things are things are shifting. So you have to monitor it. But it can be done. That's the main point here. It can be done for a person to reach optimal levels, which aren't necessarily the same as the average Joe or Jane of your age. Optimal doesn't mean right. average. Okay. Right. Good and, and if someone's interested in this concept, you have to seek out the right doctor who treats patients with bioidentical hormone therapy with this concept in mind. Not all doctors do. They're just very happy. Some are very happy just to make you feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. But if somebody wants a step more, you have to do a little bit more investigation into doctors who will uh, go along with this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the guys. So, first of all, is there such a thing as menopause? <laughs> is- you know, women have meno- women have menopause, which is which is an interesting term. Um, I think menopause um, is it sounds really masculine. Is there is there some sort of a male version of menopause? Well, menopause is an interesting term. Uh, the usual <laughs> term is uh, called andropause. Okay, uh, and that's not that's not even really a true medical term. And basically, men go through the same processes that women do, only a little bit later. Uh, they do have loss of testosterone, loss of muscle mass, 
um, put on weight, especially around the waist. Uh, oftentimes depression sets in, they get grumpy, the so-called grumpy old man syndrome kicks in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and absolutely, uh, they yeah. are, we're, we're not free of this either. Right, right. So, but, but how unfair that it usually doesn't happen for you guys until a little bit later on. <laughs> That's just, what the heck? I, I hear that often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. all right. So I guess, you know, some things we just don't get to know the answers to that. It's, it's nature. But anyway, we can right. at least. We can at least still do something about it. So that's the good news. Um, okay, so so you just mentioned like some of the signs, uh, some of the symptoms that men experience. Um, so what, like some of the, what are probably of those things that you just mentioned, what are probably some of the earliest ones? Um, when should, what generally, what age should guys start paying attention to and looking for some of these signs um, that could indicate a decrease in their hormone production? Well, the, ma- the major issue is low testosterone, <clears throat> okay. and in the past, that has been uh, something in the, in the 50s and 60s to be expected. Uh, however, now with increased stress with work, we're seeing more and more men in their 30s and 40s looking for hormone replacement. Now, we're not talking about people who are bodybuilders and so forth. They've been doing this for years, and they're using what we call super physiologic levels or very, very high levels of testosterone replacement therapy and things called anabolic steroids, which is talking about people who want to, who really would benefit from having uh, the upper end of the normal physiologic range of testosterone production makes a very, very big difference. Mm-hmm. So low T is, is a major issue. And I see more and more people coming uh, from internists and medical doctors who, who are now testing for testosterone levels and uh, making recommendations. Mm-hmm. And I suppose though, guys are hearing the same thing um, because I've, I've, I've talked to some who say, oh, you know, they're, they're maybe in their 40s, 50s, and they say, yeah, my doctor said I'm in the, the normal range. So there again, they have to deal with that, that misnomer that that's okay to be in that range rather than, yeah, but it's not my optimal range. So they kind of are up against that same issue, aren't they? Yes, they are. And a lot of these people, even in their early 40s, are starting to express things like erectile dysfunction and uh, loss of libido. Uh, I see a lot of people in the, in the financial network uh, being close to New York City, and uh, I'm just astounded that they're coming in with symptoms that I would expect to see somebody in their late 60s. Wow. So stress has got to be a huge factor there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Stress- yeah, and, and, then, and a lot of times they don't know how to de-stress, whether right. it's by exercise, meditation, yoga, what have you. This should all be incorporated into their uh, into their treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when you have stress, you have usually interrupted sleep, um, lack of sleep. Not you know you don't get consistent good sleep, which for um, whether it's coming because of stress related issues or for women like if you have night sweats that are waking you up, and then that just seems to exacerbate everything. The sleep part is so important for a person for a, not only for this reason but for all kinds of other health reasons to get really good sleep. Otherwise, you know, anything that is um, a condition or going in the direction you don't want it to go just seems to be made so much worse by lack of good sleep. 
Laura, you can't overemphasize that because it also leads to decreased energy, chronic fatigue, fatigue all day long, needing to take naps in the afternoon. It all it, it just wears you down. Sleep is mm-hmm. extraordinarily important. Yeah. So is it a is it a good idea for guys to be taking um like over the counter testosterone products being that are being advertised. I mean, I see commercials and stuff all the time for if you have low T, you know, go to this website or call this number and, and buy this product. Is that is that safe and is it effective? Is it a good idea? I don't think it's unsafe. I question how effective it is. The if you listen to the advertisements, they always tell you it raises your total testosterone. And here's the hook. Total testosterone uh, is composed of testosterone, bound testosterone, and free testosterone. Get a little technical here. 99% mm-hmm. of testosterone is bound to protein and is inactive. And it's in equilibrium, <clears throat> 1% free testosterone, which is the active form. They never mention the increase in free testosterone, which is what we follow in our practice. So you can raise the total, but if it stays bound, it's not going to help you that much. Mm, okay. So uh, it could be a colossal waste of money because they're, you're paying for something that you're only going to really get, if anything, a small ad- advantage from. Is that a benefit Agreed. from? Is that safe? Okay. That, I, that's a very safe statement, yes. Okay. All right. So for guys... I mean, these are probably obvious, but let's just state them. What are some of the benefits that men can expect when they're on a really good um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy program? Okay, so first of all, you start to feel better. You have a greater sense of being, of uh, feeling good, less depression. Um, You certainly will increase your percentage muscle mass at the expense of fat. So you'll have basically a decrease in body weight, but percentage of muscle mass will go up. Um, your libido will improve dramatically, and uh, you will be backing off your risk for heart disease and stroke because testosterone in particular raises good cholesterol and diminishes the bad cholesterol and can keep you away from taking a statin, which many people take. Mm-hmm. There, there are many, many, many benefits to the test, to testosterone. Yeah. I would think that, um, uh, you know, also just that, um, that drive that you have when you're in your twenties and thirties and even in your early forties. Um, and, and it's not just related to a sex drive, but just that kind of drive and passion to go out and sort of, you know, take, take, you know, the bull by the horns and just more of a zest for life. I would think that that really kind of comes back to when, when everything is in balance, um, and you're not low when you're at optimal levels, it's not just the physical things that are awesome, right? It's that, it's that mental game. Absolutely. There's uh, there's no question about it. One of the thing I didn't mention, but I think is important is that testosterone reduces what's called visceral fat. And that's the layer of fat on the inside of the abdomen. So both men and women can experience a reduction in, in the waistline to some extent. But the visceral fat is a major source of inflammatory proteins. And inflammation, as I mentioned earlier, is, uh, is yeah. associated dramatically with heart disease and all these terrible diseases. So if you can back off your risk for that by taking testosterone and to a lesser extent DHEA, it'll be highly beneficial for you. 
Right. And that's, um, I know for in men in particular, that is the most stubborn fat to get rid of. It seems like that, you know, that, that fat that's in the organs, which, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it's call it, you know, a beer belly or a gut. It seems like even when a man is <clears throat> doing, you know, trying to eat right and doing the exercise, that is just the most stubborn last place to go. And it's, it's got to be that visceral fat. Yes. Absolutely. No question about it. So what got you so interested in HRT, doctor? Because you, you obviously started out as a gynecologist, which you still are, but then you've segued into this bioidentical hormone. How did that happen? Well, I have to give 100% credit to my wife. <clears throat> and about 15 years ago, I was practicing general gynecologist and also prescribing hormone replacement therapy on a very simplistic basis. And she just said, you know, there's nobody out there for women who are transitioning through menopause or menopausal women. Nobody wants to do it. My colleagues don't want to do it. Even I was uh, a little negative about it saying, I don't know if I want to deal with all the menopausal women. And she sort of shook me up. <laughs> I'm being very honest with you, Lori. It's a fair statement. And this is starting to sound like a going rogue story. Is it? Is that where we're headed? <laughs> it is. It okay, is. cool. So she, so she convinced me to go to a, go to a conference in, uh, I think it was in Las Vegas. Uh, and I started speaking to these people who have basically been out of the box for 20 years, looked at as quacks and phonies, who are actually supported by Suzanne Summers. And they had a lot to say. And then I found people who did things on a more scientific basis. That is, they took the information from randomized controlled studies, which proved causality, which means there's proof that these things work and incorporated into their practice. And uh, it just took off from there. It got to be very exciting, started to apply it to patients in the office, saw the results. They were far better than just taking a little bit of estrogen and progesterone and uh, very excited about it. It's, it's such a good feeling to see people's lives changed because of this. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. <laughs> no, God bless my wife. Yeah, yeah, and your wife, for sure. Um, because that must have felt like a little bit risky for you if, if some of these um, people that were in the um, you know, earlier initiative of pushing um, HRT, bioidentical, um, and who are considered kind of you know, out there and maybe quacks, that must have been a risk for you to step into that field as far as how you would be viewed by your colleagues. Well, it, it was and it is because I, there's such a high level of skepticism. I rarely get referrals from medical professionals. I do from some naturopaths. Uh, mostly it's patients uh, self-referring and from the website, people who are looking for it. It's going to take a long time for this to, to, move, to move around, to switch over to seeing that estrogen and testosterone are fine and we're being too ginger about it. Thyroid replacement therapy. Uh, it's a hard road to to deal with people who think you're, you shouldn't be practicing because mm -hmm. you're not an endocrinologist. Um, but I have several hundred patients who come from endocrinologists and the vast majority have said, I feel like a million bucks. So yeah, the problem is when they go back to their doctors and the doctors want to take them off the hormones, it becomes a challenge. Yeah. But I'm here. To, I'm here to meet the challenge. 
awesome. I'm so glad. Um, and I was felt so fortunate that the first person that I asked when I moved to Connecticut, um, you were the first and only name that got sent to me. And it, I, I just feel so fortunate that I happened to um, be, you know, in the right place at the right time and ask the right person and got connected with you. So um, everyone listening, I can tell you that Dr. Jacobson is the shit. <laughs> He's really good at what he does. And, uh, and yes, um, we, my husband and I both are very big proponents of, of bioidentical HRT. For sure. It's amazing. Um, if, uh, as we're just about to wrap it up here, but what I'd like to do is um, ask you this. If a, if a person, for those listening, are thinking, okay, this is, this is new. I'm going to ask my doctor about it. What, what do you think are some really important questions um, that they should be asking their doctor or when they're looking for a doctor about, you know, getting on to some HRT therapy? Bioidentical. What should they be looking for and asking? Well, they should be asking questions. The most important questions they should ask are the questions that generate fear and concern. Mm -hmm. My doctor says, my friends say I shouldn't do this. What do you think? And tell Mm -hmm. me why. I think that's that's really the key because if they've come to ask, they're, they're interested. They know something about it. They know there's some benefit to it. They may have some specific questions, but I think overcoming the fear by showing whether it's uh, controlled studies or giving a booklet that explains all this, people will understand that. And uh, they will oftentimes come around and overcome their fears and then find some level of hormone replacement that suits them. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So do people have to live in the same city as you to become a patient of yours? No, not at all. In fact, we have patients all over the United States and some in uh-huh. Europe and South America. Uh, thank goodness for telemedicine, yeah. telephones and so forth. Okay, it's consultative practice. It works well. Here are the challenges. Number one, we do a fair amount of laboratory work. Uh, and so if somebody's out of the area, we'll use one of the national laboratories uh, to do, our, do the testing. Mm-hmm. And we'll find a compounding pharmacy that we vet to make sure they're doing the right thing, and they will usually drop ship medications. It's more of a challenge if they're outside the country because they have to deal with customs and so forth. We find ways of getting hormones uh, to those patients. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's it's amazing. And I'm so grateful for that, too, because uh, we no longer live in Connecticut. So, um, you know, I'm in Wyoming now, and it's awesome that, you know, we get to still have our relationship with you, and we have our hormones, like you said, drop shipped to us. So we, we don't have to miss a beat, which is really such a blessing. And um, it's nice to be able to stay consistent. So for listeners, um, yes, if this is something that you're interested in, um, you don't have to live where Dr. Jacobson lives. Um, and Dr. Jacobson, tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your website and such. So you can visit my website at uh, GreenwichBioidenticalHormones.com and uh, or just Google my name, Edward Jacobson, MD. Uh, there are a couple of us out there, but not everybody practices bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, but mm-hmm. I'm in Connecticut. And 
be happy to give you a, a, a consultation on the phone. My staff is very, uh, very expert at answering your questions, and we can set up uh, uh, meetings by uh, telemedicine, FaceTime. We're looking into Zoom right now, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very accessible. Yeah, and they are a wonderful staff too. Excellent. Dr. Jacobson, before I let you go, is there anything else that um, that you feel we need to share with our listeners that we didn't cover, or did we get it all, all the good stuff? Uh, yeah, I think, I think you did a pretty good job. I would just say that you should, uh, for your listeners, uh, control your own health. Don't be put off uh, by people who are naysayers, whether they're friends uh, or medical personnel, and... Uh, just if you take if you take your own health into concern, uh, you'll find whether it's a, with hormone replacement or in other areas, uh, cardiology and so forth. Take advantage of it, do it, and you'll be much better off for it. Yes, well said. I couldn't agree more. I am a big proponent of taking responsibility for your health. Do your own research. Do your own experimenting. Um, it pays off. It usually pays off so much better than just, yeah, being at the mercy of what one medical practitioner may be advising. So great. Dr. Jacobson, I am so grateful that you spent this time with us today and, and uh, carved out this time for me. I know you're a busy man. And so I really, really appreciate it. Well, Lori, it's, it's been a pleasure. And I'm very thankful that you are doing podcasts like this Uh, that are really helpful to your audience and I commend you for it. Well, that does it for us today, everybody. Dr. Jay has shared a lot of really important things to consider about how our hormones play a major role in our health and vitality as we age. I mean, there's just so much. We, we, we covered it pretty enough for you all to get the idea. And now I encourage you to go out and uh, do some of your own research. But but I really hope that our discussion has helped you to better understand what's going on in your body and the choices that you have to manage your health moving forward. So once again, thank you all for spending some of your very valuable time hanging out with us today. Uh, please help this good shift or spread this good shift around, I should say, by, by sharing the podcast with your friends. Uh, we have more excellent Excellent health advice coming in the weeks ahead from some amazing experts and doctors. So make sure to subscribe to We're Talking Shift if you haven't already done so, and that way you will not miss a thing. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends, stay healthy, and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary Vee. <laughs> 